AI is changing everything. I mentioned we started with this idea of AI can be a powerful tool for business contracts back in 2014. We always knew that time would be coming. And at some point in the life cycle of the company, it would hit and it would be ready. And that time is right now. AI is revolutionary technology in two particular areas. One is contract creation. And we are seeing at our customers who are like global customers using this in production that review a contract in two minutes where it used to take them 40 minutes. You know, we always talk about 10x in the startup world. This is 20x faster and a better result. My name is Jason Bamig. I'm the co-founder and CEO at Ironclad. This is Code Story, a podcast bringing you interviews with tech visionaries. Took six months moonlighting. There's nothing on the backhand. Who share what it takes to change an industry. I don't exactly know what to do next. Took many goes to get right. Who built the teams that have their back. Our company is its people. The teams help each other achieve. Most proud of our team. Keeping scalability top of mind. All that infrastructure was a Yes, we've been fighting it as we grow. Total waste of time. The stories you don't read in the headlines. It's not an easy thing to achieve, Mike. Took it off the shelf and dusted it off and tried to begin. To ride the ups and downs of the startup life. You need to really it's want it. Not just about technology. All this and more on Code Story. I'm your host, Noah Labhart. And today, how Jason Baymig created a platform for business and legal teams that handles all aspects of contract management. This episode is supported by Terso. Terso is the open source edge database from the creators of LibSQL. Do you put your edge computing close to your users? You should put your data there too. Terso makes this easy utilizing the developer experience of SQLite. Access a free starter plan at terso.tech slash codestory. Terso, welcome to the data edge. This episode is brought to you by our friends at MemberStack. MemberStack is the fastest way for you to launch a beautiful Webflow MVP with robust authentication and smooth payments integration. Join companies like Slack and American Airlines in serving millions of members every single day. Get started for free by visiting memberstack.com slash codestory. Jason Bayming is lucky to be in tech in his words. He wasn't sure what he wanted to do post-college and ended up at Lehman Brothers. In reflecting on what was unique about that moment in time, he decided it was tech's influence and he wanted to be a part of it. But outside of tech, he reads a lot and enjoys music, specifically collecting vinyl records and listening. And they do sound better. Jason was working as a corporate attorney and was fascinated with the fact that no company had a good way to handle contracts. Even Google was building their own internal version to handle things like this. He and his co-founder felt like the problem was pervasive and he wanted to change that. This is the creation story of Ironclad. Ironclad, we're working on the business contract. This thing that every company, no matter what industry, what size you are, your company makes and needs to manage the information in business contracts. We kind of think it's crazy in this world in 2023 that there's not a really simple, easy way to do that. We're trying to restore the business contract to be a really simple, easy, clean, and helpful concept for the modern business. 
contracts started as business tools. Before there were lawyers, before there were like CFOs, there were groups of business people back in the Middle East several thousands of years ago that started stamping symbols into these clay tablets, which you can still find hundreds of thousands of them around. And they started doing that because business was getting complex and they needed a way to record and simplify transactions so that everyone was on the same page about things kind of pulling together the, the the dozens of different systems into into one super system. I was working as a corporate attorney and I was kind of fascinated by every company, all, all the companies I worked with used these contracts and no one had a good way of dealing with them. Some were trying to automate it on, on their own. Some were spending an incredible amount of resources to try to build their own system. And then there were just kind of these legacy databases of contracts that were out there. And we just felt like this is such a pervasive problem. I'm really interested as a lawyer in making the job of a lawyer more efficient, providing a happier experience for lawyers. And then my co-founder, he has two, I mentioned he's a musician, he's a very talented guy, two computer science degrees from MIT and a physics degree. And he was working at a company called Palantir. So he was mostly interested in how can I take a knowledge worker and give them tools to be more effective. Software engineer is a knowledge worker and software engineers have a bunch of cool tools. They have code editors, they have like unit tests and all of these things help them focus on the highest and best use of their time, which is writing great code. But lawyers have none of that. They've got basically a Microsoft Word document and we're dealing with a similar problem. We're moving text around and trying to collaborate on that with, with other folks that are our specialists. So he was kind of like, how can we apply the same tools that software engineers have access to, to lawyers? And I was kind of like coming from the perspective of how do we make the job of a lawyer at a company whose main job is to create contracts more efficient? And we kind of met in the middle. Tell me about the MVP. So that first product you built, how long did it take to build and what sort of tools did you use to bring it to life? It took us a little bit to figure out what the MVP should be. And we've kind of settled on this core concept that we're working on. I mentioned CLM earlier. It's like, we're, we're building a CLM, contract lifecycle management platform, that really fulfills what that system was supposed to do. And CLMs at big companies act as the repository of all contract information. So you're, let's just say you're Disney. You've got licensing agreements, you've got hotels, you've got employees, you've got theme parks. Think about all those contracts. No one person can handle those contracts in their Gmail inbox. And you had bought it for like tens of millions of dollars. You had bought a CLM. And then you also had to go hire all of these people to go basically collect all the contracts that company that your company was making and then do the data entry on those contracts into this CLM repository. This is crazy. You've got this really expensive software system and then you've got hundreds of people out there basically doing data entry into this repository. How can we make that better? So the first thing we looked at was AI. And this was back in 2014 and our domain ironclad.ai shows our focus on that back in 2014 because the idea was maybe you don't need all these people doing data entry maybe a ai system can do the data entry for you we very quickly realized ai in 2014 was not at the level that a legal team could rely on in terms of accuracy to to solve that problem so we focused on another thing, which turned out to be a great thing to focus on, and that was contract workflows. So we said, if we help companies create contracts, 
then the information is perfectly structured at the end of that. Like we know what terms went in there. We know what the, the payment data was. We know all of the stuff you would eventually want to do data entry into a, a CLM. So we kind of disrupted the contract lifecycle management market by offering this new capability, which was not associated with CLMs called workflows. This episode is encrypted by Cypherstash. Data breaches are becoming a fact of life. Know why? One of the reasons is because developers lack the right tooling to get the job done, i.e. encryption at rest tools are complex and inadequate. The solution? Encryption in use with Cypherstash. Cypherstash uses searchable encryption in use technology, providing continuous and universal protection for sensitive data. With Cypherstash, you can turn your existing database into a vault, utilizing zero-trust key management, SQL native, and with no code. Though encryption is complicated, Cypherstash is easy to use. The tool fully supports SQL via a drop-in driver replacement, supporting the query types you know and love today. And did we mention it's fast? For queries over 100 million records, you can expect additional overhead of less than one millisecond. It's a no-brainer. Get started by reviewing their docs or downloading sample projects in Rails or Node plus SQLize today. Visit cypherstash.com slash codestory and get started protecting your data. This episode is supported by Treble. This day and age, APIs are a fact of life. And as such, product and engineering teams need tooling that is lightweight, real-time, and data-rich to help them ship and maintain APIs faster. That's where Treble comes in. Treble is an all-in-one platform for the entire API lifecycle. The product offers world-class monitoring and observability, providing more than 40 data points for each request, enabling you to understand everything from performance to user behavior. Dashboards help connecting your entire team for lifecycle collaboration. Documentation is automatically generated, saving massive amounts of time for your development team with every new release. And setting up Treble? Super easy and fast. In three simple steps, you can be up and running with their platform. Their pricing is designed to support API teams of all sizes. So get started with Treble today and automate your API ops. Did I mention they have a free forever plan? Find out more by visiting treble.com slash codestory. That's T-R-B-L-L-E dot com slash codestory. So you got your MVP and it's working. You're, you're gaining some traction. You're, you're settling in on the workflows aspect. How did you progress the product from there? And how did you mature it? And I think what I'm interested in there, to or kind of put it in a box, what I'm looking for is, how did you build your roadmap? How did you go about deciding, okay, this is the next most important thing to build for Ironclad? Interesting journey for us, and I'll say a big tool that is now a buzzword, but wasn't back when we started doing this, was our community. So one of the things I've always tried to focus on is focus. And giving our company what is, even if it seems like a really small market or a really small group of folks that we're going to focus on, like how can we just be so incredible and just over deliver for a small group? And then once we've done that, keep expanding the horizons. So our first goal, once we had this MVP working was we're going to be the number one CLM in Soma. So the way we actually created our roadmap in the early days was heavily involved around our community and our customers. And we talked about community back in those days as basically legal teams. So if there was someone working on a legal team in Soma, we wanted to know them. Even if they used a you know, different CLM, weren't interested in buying our platform, 
that was our audience. And those were the folks that we wanted to really get close to because they could help us figure out what was the right stuff to build and what was working and not working. So we would actually go visit our customers and like try to watch them use the product. And it was really customer driven and very fast. So some of the things that still carry over today, now that we've passed a billion contracts on the platform is we still release our updates to our software on every two weeks. And so that two week cadence allows you to be really agile and really fast and really responsive. So I think it's about finding the balance between that roadmap that you talk about in a board meeting, which carries you over the three year period and has some strategic priorities, but also those real time customer feedback moments. Let's switch to team. So how did you go about building your team? And what did you look for in those people to indicate that they were the winning horses to join you? Team is the most important thing. It's what keeps me motivated every day. Our early team was pretty much exclusively people that either myself or Kai, my co-founder, had worked with. Our first two hires, one was Christina, and Christina had worked with Kai at Palantir on the software engineering side. And the second one was Wani, and Wani had worked with me as a paralegal at my law firm. So Wani became basically the operations and customer person, and Christina became Kai's biggest partner in actually writing code. Uh, And we kind of grew from there. So I think our first few hires were all from network. And then kind of the magic, I think, of being an early stage company working in a unique space. So there were not many companies doing what we were doing back in 2014, 2015. And it was funny to see who found us. So one, there was a gentleman named Toby, who was our first hire that we didn't know. He had done his undergrad at Oxford and was doing his, I think, LLM at Harvard Law School. And we just got a random email from him. He's like, hey, I found out what you guys are doing. I think it's amazing. I'm a huge believer in this. Like, is there any room at your company? And we flew him out. He slept on a couch in our office. Basically had a probably 48-hour period of interviewing, eating dinner with us. And he was great. And he was just ready to like do anything the company needed. So a mix of folks we knew and the Tobys of the world were our, our early team. And we tried to spend a lot of time, just spend more time in the interview process than was typical, like the sleeping on the couch thing with Toby. And then we also tried to go really deep on references. We would just do our own process. We wouldn't even ask. We'd ask folks if they were okay with us going deep on references, but we would find people that they'd worked with. We'd like find people they went to college with and ask, get deep on on their backgrounds. This episode was automatically optimized by Cast. If you run cloud native software on AWS, Google Cloud, or Azure, you know how out of hand the bill can get. This uncertainty hurts your business, but you can solve it with Cast AI. Cast AI automates cloud costs, performance, and security management for hundreds of companies of all sizes. The platform's customers begin saving immediately and cut an average of over 60%. So before you go and sign a multi-year contract with a cloud provider or lay people off, check out what Cast AI can do for you. To get you saving even faster, Cast AI is offering a free cloud cost audit with a personal consultation. Visit cast.ai slash codestory to get started. This episode is supported by Terso. Terso is the open source edge database from the creators of LibSQL, the popular fork of SQLite. If you put your edge computing close to your users, 
like with Netlify or Vercel edge functions or Cloudflare workers, you should put your data there too in order to maximize performance gains at the edge. Terso makes it easy. With the developer experience of SQLite and a distributed database, you can replicate much closer to your users than traditional database offerings in the cloud. Terso's lightweight, easy to use, and free to get started. The team at Terso is offering a generous starter plan specifically for Code Story listeners. Head over to terso.tech slash codestory and get started today. That's T-U-R-S-O dot tech slash codestory. Terso, welcome to the Data Edge. Let's flip to scalability. So did you build this to scale efficiently from day one, or are you fighting this as you grow in any sort of capacity? And that, that could be you know, technology or team approach, any of those things. Conceptually, we were building it for scale in that the way that we were going about building workflows, if we could get workflows working, that is scalable. We've done a billion contracts now, and it's on the same concept of workflows that we set out to do in the early days. The day-to-day implementation of that tended to be pretty hacky. So there's a cool slide that we do as part of our employee onboarding where we actually show what it looked like to set up a workflow at various times at Ironclad. And the first version of that was if a customer needed a workflow, one of our software engineers would like hand code that workflow into our main application. And a workflow is like the template, the conditional logic, the approval process, forms that might go out as part of that. The next thing we did was we built an interface for our legal engineers and legal engineers were a term that we invented that now there's like thousands of around the world, which is folks with legal training that focused on helping customers with legal problems, but more from a systems design perspective. And the second thing we did was we built an internal product for our legal engineers so that they could write JSON and configure a workflow. What was cool about both first doing it in software code is we could generalize what would you need to put this into a JSON interface. And the first thing we built for the JSON interface worked for the legal engineers. And then once we'd had enough things through that interface, we actually built a no-code configurable interface for our customers. We have professional sports teams, we have charitable organizations, we have tech companies, we have you know global beauty companies, we have banks, we have healthcare, hospitals, And all of those different industries, they can go into Ironclad Workflow Designer and set up any type of industry-specific workflow on their own. No involvement needed from Ironclad. And the reason we're able to do that is because we had first done it in software code, then done it in JSON, and we were able to build the right configurable interface where our competitors have always had trouble trying to replicate that functionality under the hood. And so there's a lot of secret sauce that came from those less scalable ways of doing it. So Jason, as you step out on the balcony and you look across all that you've built, what are you most proud of? I have to say I'm most proud of our culture. I think we have a really unique culture in that it's kind, people-focused, and high-performance and driven. And it's such a rare mix. Like, I have worked at companies that are high-performing teams, and I, I wouldn't, I don't think most people would describe the internal culture there as like, kind and supportive it's like pretty cutthroat there are also teams out there that you know are really empathetic and really kind and maybe aren't as high performing so i think we've got some magic at ironclad that is just the place i want to work the like catch line we have at ironclad is we're building the company we want to work at 
And when you join here, we want you to build the company you want to work at. And we've just collected a group of folks from across an incredible diversity of backgrounds and experiences that share this common goal of wanting to build the company that they want to work at that tends to be a a high-performing and kind place. Let's flip the script a little bit. So tell me about a mistake you made and how you and your team responded to it. Yeah, I talked a little bit about focus earlier, and I think probably all mistakes lead back to focus being the the opportunity or the learning from those. And I think one thing I tell our company is it's okay to make mistakes. We should be making mistakes. We're not moving fast enough unless we're making mistakes. What we want to build is a culture where we're able to openly talk about those and acknowledge them and not in a like somebody messed up type of way, but more of how can we do better next time? One thing that comes to mind on, on that for me is just focus on who we're serving. And it kind of goes back to this principle at Y Combinator, where, which is a startup accelerator we came through. And I'm going to misstate this, but the basic idea is it's better to have like 10 users who absolutely love you than a thousand who are just, you know, okay. Every company on the planet has the problem that we solve at Ironclad. Every company makes contracts and every company has to manage the information in those contracts and, and do follow up as part of their business. We can sell to everybody. And that is both an incredible opportunity and it's a attribute that can introduce a lack of focus in our business. I think a, a mistake we've made several times is getting too broad too quickly on who we're selling to and who we're, we're really designed to, to make happy. And when we've done a great job, we've been hyper-focused. And when we've done a not-so-great job and a lesson-learning time, it's we've, we've gone too broad. Like that focus on Soma, great thing for our business. You know, at times we've tried to go really broad on who we're selling to or who we're trying to make happy, and we've always had to walk that back. We always want to be going down that direction of selling to a wider audience and supporting a wider audience, but we don't, we can't necessarily do it all overnight. So this will be fun. What's the future look like for the product and for your team? It's a pretty fun time to be talking about that because AI is changing everything. I mentioned we started with this idea of AI can be a powerful tool for business contracts back in 2014. We always knew that time would be coming. And at some point in the life cycle of the company, it would hit and it would be ready. And that time is right now. So AI is revolutionary technology in two particular areas. One is contract creation. And we are seeing at our customers who are like global customers using this in production that for specific types of contracts, they're able to review a contract in two minutes where it used to take them 40 minutes. And the amazing thing is the result is better after two minutes than it was after the previous 40 minutes. So, you know, we always talk about 10x in the startup world. This is 20x faster and a better result at the end of the day. Early days still, but that type of result is going to be coming to many contracts across the the landscape of contracts that companies have around the globe. And it's going to be disruptive and beneficial result. And it's going to happen on Ironclad. 
The second bucket is kind of that thing we initially started with, which is how can you take a stack of PDFs that every company has, and some of them have like handwriting on them, and some are coffee stained, and and how can you get them into a really simple but powerful interface for searching and reporting on the data that's in those contracts, that kind of new oil that we're all seeking. It took us eight years to get to about 20 fields that we could draw out of any contract that we were scanning the, the PDF of. We're now at 198 fields. That acceleration from 20 to 198 over the span of a couple months is the type of result that we're seeing with the application of AI to, to the business contracting landscape. Let's switch to you, Jason. Who influences the way that you work? Name a person or many persons or something you look up to and why. You know, an influence on me is Kobe Bryant. The dedication that it takes to be the best at something is is kind of amazing. And, you know, there's stories of Kobe, like someone will go to the gym at 4 a.m. and think that they're going to be the first one there. And Kobe's been in there for an hour shooting like free throws. So I think one is just the, the like dedication and commitment to the craft. This leads into maybe my next one, which is Bill Walsh. The other is kind of the focus on just the simple things. So if you you go back and like read the Kobe Bryant interviews, like he's always talking about getting to the simple things. Everyone loves to watch the 360 dunk highlight reel, but most of the time you're shooting free throws and that's how you actually add up your points. And Bill Walsh, the previous coach of the 49ers, you know, when he went around to turn on that team, he didn't focus on like the quarterback as his first initiative. He focused on how folks in the office answered their phones and just like making sure it was a beautiful crisp, unified experience. And so like focusing on those details, focusing on the little things is something that I, I'm very influenced by and that I try to personally live up to and, and also instill in our culture. Jason, last question. So you're getting on a plane and you're sitting next to a young entrepreneur who's built the next big thing. They're jazzed about it. They can't wait to show it off the world. Can't we show it off to you right there on the plane? What advice do you give that person having gone down this road a bit? I think it's to trust their instinct and insight. You know, one of the things that I think can be challenging as a, an entrepreneur in the early stages is if you're getting a little traction and things are starting to go well, you're getting advice from some really smart, sophisticated folks, venture capitalists who have done this and taken companies public. And they have a lot of opinions. But you know best, you're closest to the customer, you're closest to the problem. And sometimes it can be scary to trust yourself. And I think the best founders, the best entrepreneurs trust themselves and are able to have the conviction to follow that path. And it was hard for us. I mean, many of our early investors told us to like pick another idea. No one had ever successfully sold the legal teams. Like this wasn't a proven product area. And, you know, great team, but we would prefer you work on another idea. And they also have the conviction to trust us as well. But that was a challenging thing in the early days. I appreciate that. Well, Jason, thank you for being on the show today. And thank you for telling the creation story of Ironclad. Thanks for having me here. This was fun. And this concludes another chapter of Code Story. Code Story is hosted and produced by Noah Laphart. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcasting app of your choice. And when you get a chance, leave us a review. Both things help us out tremendously. And thanks again for listening.
This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.